Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Eastridge and happy Sunday. My name is Emily and I am the family minister here. And my name is Lindsay and I'm co-pastor here with my husband, Tom, and director of our women's ministries. Okay, I know, I'm sorry, it's not even Christmas time yet, but we had to show you this um, because we're so excited. We have our next women's Christmas party coming up December 3rd, and we had to use the promo from last year because it was such an amazing time. I think we had like 100 women show up. It was incredible. And Great. watching the um, gift-wrapped people yes. just brought me so much joy. I, I, love, I love it. Um, so this year, going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's called Great Expectations. And we're bringing in Dr. Cindy Parker. Shameless plug, it's Carrie's sister. Um, but Cindy is an amazing theologian, Old Testament scholar. She's got a great podcast on biblical context. She's going to be coming in and speaking for us, and she's fantastic. So you won't want to miss that. Worship, fun. So ladies, mark your calendars. So we're actually talking about evangelism today, and I can't think of a better way to evangelize. That's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> your friends, then invite them to the Christmas party. So. Right. Invite your mom, your sisters, mm-hmm. cousins, friends, coworkers. We love this event, and we would love to have just a ton of women here. It'd be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. So if you've been with us for the last few weeks, we've been talking about Triggered. And today we're starting a new sermon series on spoiler alert, evangelism. Um, so basically when we went through the triggered series, Tom and Justin, or did Justin talk during triggered? Just you. Okay. Tom was trying to teach us biblical truth and bringing that forward. And so we're moving into evangelism because now that we have a better understanding of biblical truth, we want to teach you applicable ways of sharing that with the people around you and getting more comfortable with it. Um, evangelism. Okay. If you're new to church or you're just new to Christianity, it's a big Christian word. And so, and we're going to get into the definition behind it. I know as Emily and I prepared this message, we were both struggling a bit with, Ooh, what does it mean? What does it look like to us? Um, it can be an intimidating word if you aren't comfortable sharing your faith, if you're just introverted and not comfortable talking to anyone. Um, or it can be an exciting word for some of us. Some of us really love telling our story, um, talking to people. So we thought the best way to open up the sermon series and approach it is with a conversation, which is why the two of us are up here. And having a conversation um, about how we grew up and kind of what it meant to us just to kind of get us started. Right. So let's go ahead and start with the definition of evangelism. So evangelism is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. So evangelism comes from the Latin word euangelion, which means sharing good news. And later on, this word gets uh, translated into the word gospel. So when you think about the four gospels in your New Testament, think of it as sharing four good stories, four stories of good news. Yeah. So we thought we would kick it off with talking about um, kind of how we grew up. We have a much different faith background between the two of us. And so, Em, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, Tell a little bit about how you grew up in church and if you ever experienced evangelism or maybe the lack of it and what that looked like for you. 
Sure. So I grew up in the Catholic Church, and at that time, there wasn't a huge emphasis on evangelism. And I don't mean for that to sound like a criticism of the Catholic Church. It's just simply how it was uh, where I grew up. I really felt that the way we evangelized was through serving in the community. That was a just a massive focus for us. And I remember even as a young kid going in raking yards or helping in the kitchen or, you know, doing those sorts of things. So it was really more service-based. Um, but there was very little focus on um, actual salvation. And so I had attended CCD classes from the time I was in elementary school to the time I was in high school and got confirmed. Did anyone here go to CCD? CCDers, where yep. you at? Yeah. My mom's over hey. here. She sent me to CCD. <laughs> we love Hi, you, Barb. <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Um, and it wasn't until uh, like ninth or 10th grade when a friend invited me to her youth group, because we didn't have youth, a youth group um, at our church. My friend invited me, and at that time, um, that was the first time that I ever heard the word saved. Um, and I had to ask my friend who invited me to our youth group what it meant to be saved, um, because that was new for me. So for anyone here in the congregation who doesn't know that, um, that's okay. Uh, that's why you're here. Uh, saved is a fancy Christian term, just meaning that you've accepted Jesus into your life, that you believe in him and chosen to have relationship with him. Um, and so because evangelism wasn't a big part of how I grew up, um, when we started attending here, it was honestly a little bit of a scary word for me. Mm -hmm. um, I just felt really uncomfortable with it because in my mind, I would associate it with like the guy yelling with the sign that says, repent now, sinner, you're going to hell. I mean, that's what I, that's truly what I had associated with in my mind. Um, and that's, while that has a place there, it's off-putting for, uh, many of us, especially if you grew up in Northern Minnesota, Northern Wisconsin, where, um, we don't make eye contact with right, people in Like public. we just mm -hmm. tend to keep to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of our, our vibe. So, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I learned what evangelism really is and the heart behind it that I started to become more comfortable with it. Um, and learned that it's really just about loving the people around you. Awesome. So what is it that you feel like attributed to you becoming more comfortable to it once you got here? Sure. Honestly, um, just time. So if you're in the audience and that concept is newer to you or makes you feel uncomfortable, I would just encourage you to give it time to learn what it really means and um, to learn about how we do it uh, within relationship. Awesome. Yeah. So Lindsay, it. yes, tell us a little bit about your church experience and how evangelism played into it. Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, like we planned this. <laughs> we did. So like I said, mine's different. I jokingly tell people I have the coolest yet the most boring um, story growing up. I am what we jokingly call a lifer. I don't remember the specific moment when I was a kid when I got saved, um, but I accepted Christ as a child. I, my family, I'm an only child. My parents took me to church whenever the doors were open, and if they weren't, they had a key. So, <laughs> I mean, mom and dad. Dad was on the board. Mom helped 
cook in the kitchen. That was just, it was kind of ingrained in weekly life for me. It was never really about bringing anyone to Christ or bringing anyone to church growing up. It was just more about like, that's what we did. Um, not that that was bad. That's just all I knew. So it wasn't until about middle school that I think I attended a youth conference, much like our kiddos went to Trout Lake, right? Easy invite for your friends, where we first started having conversations about inviting people to church. What is your story? Uh, didn't really know the word evangelism. I'd heard of evangelical churches, and which, FYI, that's what Eastridge is, if you weren't sure, just meaning that we are a church who loves our community, and it's our number one priority to share the good news. And that's really what it means in a nutshell. So it wasn't until I was a young adult in college, um, I can remember going to a youth conference in Colorado, where then there was more discussion about the importance of sharing your faith, what the Bible has to say about it, and how it really is Jesus's greatest commission to us which is a perfect segue into um, our first verse because we want to dig in and talk about why is it important. Right. So in the Bible, a great example of evangelism comes from the Great Commission. So let's go ahead and read from Matthew chapter 28. We're going to start in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Awesome. So obviously that's probably the... The most well-known and specific verse and commandment that Jesus gives us as Christians. Um, also, we know that in Luke, and it's, it's not going to be up there on the screen, but that Jesus appoints 72 and sends them out two by two into towns to go spread the good news. Or just to let them know about Christ's arrival, that the kingdom of God is near. Um, and I want to go back to the Great Commission what I wanted to pull from that is Jesus not only talks about talking to people, he talks about baptizing them in his name, he talks about teaching them, and all those things take time. And so sometimes I think when we think about evangelism, we think about the one-off moment, right? Like that quick salvation moment, which that's not bad. And if that's how you were saved, um, just maybe you were saved from the street sign guy or a quick conversation somewhere. That's great, but I think we have to take it a step further because we do it a disservice. Sometimes, I think some of us as Christians can use it for selfish gain. And I'll, I'll say that again, meaning like we make it more about us and what we can accomplish than, than the person that we're trying to save. And it's more than just a moment. It's creating a relationship. It's discipling them. It's living life with a person. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, you might talk to someone and you can't like live your life with them, but it's creating more of a relationship because here's the thing. We get to give them the coolest gift ever. Not only in like we're inviting them to a party, right? And not just party of eternity in heaven, but we're giving them the gift of a relationship with Jesus Christ, like the best relationship we can ever have. And we have so many great examples in the Bible too of, of the joy that we should have when 
someone who has been lost is found for Jesus. And we should be rejoicing and celebrating in that. And I think sometimes we focus more on the scary part of evangelism, because it is. It can be scary to share your faith or to approach someone about it, even if you've known them your whole life. But we've been commanded to do so. But also we should have joy and be excited about the fact that, oh my gosh, best gift ever. Absolutely. So evangelism should really be about sharing your faith or your good stories in relationships. And sometimes these discussions unfold um, with people that you've known for many years, and sometimes they just happen with sometimes in a relationship you've had for a day. Unexpected places. And we have a story about that. So uh, a year and a half ago, Lindsay and I took a trip to Napa to sample grape juices for communion, of course. Okay, I feel like lightning bolt is going to come down from the ceiling. Welches versus juicy juice. That's what we were there. It was a research trip, honestly. variety of grapes, yes. (laughs) So while we were there, uh, we booked a day-long scooter tour of Sonoma, which was super fun. Um, And we have a picture that's going to come up here. Um, We thought it was just going to be us on this, or no, we thought it was going to be in a larger group. Mm -hmm. Um, Like we would just be the two of us on a scooter and there'd be a bunch of us. But when we got there, it was just the two of us. And this is Dave. This is our friend, Dave. He's like 84. He was awesome. Truly. He's 84 and gives uh, scooter rides in Sonoma. And every day. Also, to clarify, you guys, they're not just like scooter, like cool looking scooters. They're like this like tripod, three wheel thing that we, we had to share together. We looked ridiculous. It I, I kind of yeah. wish we had the picture of us with the big round helmets on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw that on social this week, but it was it was a lot of fun. But now, okay. So anyway, we had some small talk at the beginning when we met Dave. So just you know, uh, what what do you do? What mm-hmm. brings you here? Um, just basic things. And then we spent the day together. Uh, we scootered all around. It was so fun. And we had an opportunity to just share a meal together. Dave pa- packed us like the most awesome Costco lunch spread mm-hmm. of all time. And it was fun. And at the end of our day, we had an opportunity just to sit under this uh, large tree. And it was at that point that Dave looked at us and just said, can I ask you a question? Um, And I fully believe that we wouldn't have had the opportunity to talk to Dave about our faith, um, that he wouldn't have been comfortable enough to ask us questions about it had we not built trust in the relationship that we had, even if it was just a few hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I love about your point there is something disarmed Dave, whether it was spending the day with us, sampling juices. um, (laughs) I want to assume it was the Holy Spirit. Okay. And not that, but whatever it was, he felt comfortable enough to have a conversation with us. And it reminds me of multiple times we see Jesus doing this in the Bible. Jesus was so good at meeting people exactly where they were. And he was super intentional about the way he approached people in each environment. He never did something the same exact way. Um, you know, a good example is when he went to the temple to speak to the men and women there, his, um, intro and the way that he laid out his message was way different than when he sat calmly by himself waiting for the woman to approach him at the well Mm -hmm. and the way that he spoke to her. So I think it's important to remember that you all have an amazing story to tell. 
I know that we've all gone through hardships. We've all had God do great things in our life. And God has put people around you with intention for a purpose. And our goal with this message is to remind you that evangelism should not be scary. It shouldn't. It's just telling your good story. And also to remind you, most importantly, we're commanded to do so. It's part of walking the Christian walk and part of how we love other people. So one of our favorite examples of this in the Bible is the woman in the coin. And Em's going to take us through that. So you can join us in Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my last coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So let's go ahead and bring this story forward a couple thousand years In our culture today, um, if I lost a coin, I probably wouldn't call Lindsay and say, (laughs) rejoice with me, I found my coin. (laughs) I mean, you could if you wanted. I mean, I could. It was a nice coin. So let's um, think of it as a ring. So you might have um, many rings, but for anyone in the room who is married, uh, you know that your wedding ring has a lot more value to you. Um, and so I can admit that I have called Lindsay before saying, oh my goodness, I found my wedding ring (laughs) because I put it in a very safe place that I couldn't remember. So yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's not like she's calling me often to tell me that she lost her wedding ring, but, but in that moment I'm like, oh, thank God. I was praying that you would, how much relief that you feel in those times, um, and what I love about her story is, is that moment where she's like, whew, I'm so happy now. I want to talk about it. And I just think like, if we are that excited and that relieved to find something that valuable to us that we have lost, imagine how your father in heaven feels when you come to him, but also when one of his sheep have been found. I mean, what we experience with a wedding ring is significant, but nothing compared to what the joy has to be for our Father in Heaven. And we get to, we get to celebrate in that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that side of evangelism, which is throwing the party, being joyful and rejoicing in the good work of Christ. So, oh, slide, right? Slide time. I, I, We're not so great with transitions. (laughs) We're getting used to this whole thing. So we got to take a group of women to Trout Lake Camp for the Women's Refreshment Treat back in September. I know some of you, I see you, Charlotte. Yeah, raise your hands if you were there. If you were there, we had like 25 women. Yeah, Kari. It was really fun. We had a great speaker. And so we are actually borrowing one of the acronyms that she used because we thought it was so good and applicable to this message. Because here's the thing. On Tuesday, we want you to have ways and thoughts in your head of how you can do this in your daily life and that you walk away with some easy ways to get comfortable with telling your story. So the word is bless. I know, super original. (laughs) Um, The first two kind of tie together. So I'm going to take us through those, the B, B in prayer. Um, And here's the thing. You might be sitting there going, okay, yes, there is someone on my heart. Uh, it's my spouse. I wish they'd come to church with me. I wish they knew Jesus. I wish I had a better way to talk to my friend about Christ, but it's, they don't want to hear it. Prayer. 
-hmm. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have as Christians in evangelism. Um, period. It's like sneaky Christian warf- guerrilla warfare, you guys. Like you can do it and they don't know you're doing it for them. Uh, so take, take a moment this week to be in prayer. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're like, I got no one. I can't relate to this at all. I'm new to Christianity. That's okay too. But be in prayer for God to grow your own confidence in your faith, but also maybe he will bring someone to you. Maybe they're already there and it's just making yourself available to it. And that kind of ties into the L, which is listen to the spirit. Um, When you're in prayer, so this is kind of my homework for you this week. If you do one thing from the message, pray, be quiet, listen to the spirit, and ask them to make you open. Maybe remove any barriers that someone might have to approach you or any barriers that you might have with them to create a relationship with them. And let the Holy Spirit guide you and bring that person to mind even. Also, the E is eat together. You guys, there is so much power in sharing a meal with people. Invite friends over. uh, Maybe schedule a coffee date or a lunch or dinner date with somebody that you haven't connected with in a while. Use that opportunity to just be fully present and engaged and really um, building trust and um, excitement in that relationship. And again, Jesus did this so well. Matthew's house, I mean, he knew how to throw a party. He knew how to have a meal and when it was appropriate. And Tom always says this, nothing cool in the Bible ever happens without a meal beforehand. So it's oh, very good. relevant. Yeah. Write that down. I no. stole that from Tom. <laughs> I can't take credit for that. Yeah. Uh, the S is serve in love. So get into the community. Um, another thing that we've shared here before is that if you only have friends who are Christians, you need to expand your bubble. You need to get out in the community, meet new people, volunteer at outreach events. So trunk or treat, like we said, we have thousands of people that are going to be coming from the community here. That's a great one to um, do some outreach at. And find a cause that you're passionate about. So if there is a cause that's been laid on your heart, um, pursue that and and get connected with some new people um, who are outside of your your normal friends and family. Yeah, so um, Emily loves it when I go off script. She hates it. (laughs) So I'm going to go off script because that's what friends do to each other on stage. Um, So you were talking about going outside your bubble. And so I have to tell this story. Um, I have to... We're in church, so how do I say it? So um, we were at a women's conference that we attend. Uh, we take our like our women leadership here at Eastridge called Leading and Loving It. It's in Henderson, Nevada, very close to Las Vegas in the Strip. So we decided one night uh, around midnight, and I am not supporting gambling by any means. <laughs> we're online. Uh, we wandered through the Bellagio hotel because they have this beautiful is it arboretum 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 i don't even know how to say that uh with flowers it's so cool it is packed you guys like packed shoulder to shoulder people so we're walking through we're kind of taking it all in walking through the lobby you know it's midnight people are up to no good at midnight right (laughs) um walking through the lobby and um (laughs) we were approached by a group of men who Let's just say they weren't seeking prayer, but <laughs> prayer is what they got. Um, so we honestly stopped yeah. and had a conversation with these guys, which, you know, that you disarm people real fast when you tell them what you do and that you're pastors. <laughs> so, um, but honestly, we ended up talking about church and 
in the middle of the lobby and we ended up praying over him In all seriousness to the story one of the guys cried i mean it was this whole moment of oh man yeah i guess i should go back to church or but it's just that being open and being available to people because you really have no idea how god is going to use you right like that that wasn't our intent. Like we didn't no. go to the Bellagio, yeah. like we want to pray with people like, mm-hmm. but yes, that being open and that opportunity just presented itself. And it was one of my favorite memories, honestly. It, yeah, it really was. So, um, and I'm saying all this to you because again, God has equipped you exactly where you are with your own story. I mean, I didn't go to the stories that we've shared with you today. We didn't go with a Bible, which is great if you carry one around, but you know, we didn't have a Bible with us in the hotel ready to spread the gospel. It just was a conversation in a moment that God, we were open to uh, God's promptings. And also I want to really just make the point of saying like you all have giftings and your stories are powerful. Um, And it's as simple as just sharing your own personal story with people. And there's a reason that we don't live in the same neighborhood as cool as that would be. God has placed us in our homes and our jobs for a reason. And we're, we're commanded to be good stewards of the people around us. Right. So my prayer for all of you, as you go through this week is maybe that one person comes to mind. Maybe it's a friend, a client, whatever that is. Maybe it's just simply just starting with prayer and prayer over them. Any closing thoughts? I think we did it. We did it. Yay. (laughs) 